This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I was just uh, wondering, because with the Giants losing last week to the Eagles, whether the uh, the mayor of uh, Philadelphia ever got that uh, vegan cheesecake that uh, Eric Adams promised him. And I saw pictures. They do have pictures. They posted pictures on Twitter of the, uh, I guess the mayor, I guess this is the mayor. I don't know who the mayor of Philly is, uh, but him accepting it. You know what they did not post pictures of? Him eating it. No, no pictures of him putting that up to his lips and even pretend like, you know, even like a, like a fake eating, like when the, the person wins the gold medal in the Olympics and they pretend to bite down on the gold. No, not, none of that. So I was wondering, like, what would they even make vegan cheesecake out of? You, I should not have done this. There should have been some filter on Google that told me, like, are you prepared to actually witness this? Tofu, cashews, vegan cheese, and cauliflower. Mmm. Oh, I can't wait to have some of that cauliflower cake. So then I wondered what vegan cream cheese is made of, and it's like pea protein, potato protein, Locust bean gum, guar gum, mm, that, that sounds delicious. So, again, long story short, no. The, the, that entire cheese, they should have just taken whatever that money was and just handed it to the mayor. Because that entire thing clearly got thrown right in the trash. Like, they, oh, th- oh thank you so much. Boom. They, you can't even re-gift it, right? You can't re-gift that. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM ESPN New York. Let's get into the Knicks some, because uh, Knicks are in action later today. We're taking you up until 5 o'clock. Knicks, Nets pregame. No Ben Simmons out for tonight for, uh, for Brooklyn. Shocking, right? Uh, all right, so the Knicks, they go out and they beat the Celtics the other night. Exciting game right down to the wire. Knicks with a lead. You think they're going to blow it again. They hang on. Some defensive stops at the end. Julius Randle, some big shots in the overtime, all that stuff. This after beating the Cavaliers. This after losing four in a row, including two to the Raptors, which were just uh, made you sick almost as much as vegan cheesecake, uh, and this after losing Mitchell Robinson. So just to, just to give you a, a, a brief synopsis of where the Knicks are at, in case people have forgotten, because it seems like people have forgotten, the Knicks are now four games over 500. They're seventh in the Eastern Conference. They're one game behind the Heat for the actual playoffs. The top six make the playoffs and they're a game and a half ahead of the Hawks. They are 50 games into the season, and this is where they're at. But all I hear is, oh, you know, you really can't get worked up about the Knicks. The Knicks are just mediocre. They're not excited. There's nothing to get excited about with the Knicks. They're just average. And uh, I would say, uh, yeah, if you feel that way, okay, fine. Average is a massive improvement from where the Knicks have been. And it's weird because usually a team that's overachieving, a team that's not that talented but is scraping their way to wins, that would be a reason for some good feeling. But with the Knicks, it doesn't feel that way. So I would say if you're not happy with where the Knicks are at, what were you expecting this year? Like what did you think? Like if I asked you before the year, where do you think the Knicks will be 50 games in? I can tell you for sure. For me, it was not seventh in the East four games over 500. I did not expect this. And it, it's, it's like people can't see the very obvious improvement. It's not debatable that the Knicks are far better now than they've been in some time. Do people not remember more than like a couple of years ago? My memory's really bad. 
But the year before Leon Rose and um, and Tibbs took over, the Knicks were twenty one and forty five. The year before that, they were seventeen and sixty five. Fifty three losses, fifty one losses, fifty losses, sixty five. I'm not skipping years. This is in a row. <laughs> the Knicks were averaging like fifty five losses a year, and now here they are, not a very talented team that's scraping by and getting performances from guys that you didn't really think were possible? Like, did you think that, that, that Julius Randle was going to be playing again at an all-star kind of level? I didn't. Did you think that Jalen Brunson would come here and just hit the ground running and play as well as he had so far? I didn't. So I get it that you'd like them to be able to close out all these wins. You wish they wouldn't be blowing leads in the fourth quarter. There's losses that are frustrating. I get it. But, like, if you can't be excited or excited during the games that the Knicks are playing at this point, maybe this is not for you because this is what building something looks like. Like, we were all – think back a couple of years ago when they struck out in the big free agency class that year. We all were in agreement that if you're going to move forward now, you're going to kind of have to build something on your own to get anybody to ever want to come here. You can't strip it down. You can't tank year in and year out and expect to ever get a free agent or a trade where somebody wants to come here and play here. So this is kind of what that looks like. Now, I will admit, they're not going to win a playoff series. (laughs) We know that. I mean, two years ago, Against the Hawks, Randall was their best player by far. And we all said once that series was over, Randall can't be your best player if you want to be a contender. And he's still, generally, most nights, their best player. Now, it helps that you have Brunson here, and he's at least close. It's at least a little bit of a tag team. But push comes to shove, Randall's still kind of the Knicks' best player. But again, this is what it looks like to build something. So this is step one in the process. It's going from laughingstock, punchline, to something that's kind of respectable and that's what the Knicks are they're kind of respectable and that's the plan be respectable build something of a foundation keep your flexibility so if something does present itself you're able to go out there and get it but don't be a punchline don't be a laughing stock try to stockpile as many assets as you can so that if a star player does become available you could you could conceivably trade something for that guy but there are no game-changing free agents coming anytime soon so I don't know what people expect to, to be the, the, the result here, but it seems like every time there's a little bit of a downturn, it's the same old points that everybody always hits. Ah, oh, you, you can't win anything with Randall. Randall's playing out of his mind. He's playing really well. And I get it. They're not, they're not one of the top five teams. Why did you ever expect that this Knicks team was going to be one of the top five teams? Do you look at the top five teams? The, the NBA, it's, it's not... It's not complex. Talent wins. It's a talent. Like every time we say the NFL is a coaching league, the NBA is a talent league. You have to be really talented to be really good. It basically translates directly. But every time that there's a doubt, ah, you got to trade Randall, Tibbs, ah, his message is wearing thin. We got to get Tibbs out of here. Who do you want to come here? And and how much better do you think the Knicks will be? Like, look, I'd like them to be the sixth seed. I'd like them to be a playoff team for sure. I don't want them to be in the play-in, but they're almost certainly going to be in the play-in. There's one spot. They're fighting for one spot. Those five, I don't know how they're going to shake out, but they're going to be the top five. One, One, two, three, four. Some variation of the five is going to be those five teams. And then you're basically battling for six, which they should be. And if they somehow get six, 
that's pretty good, a pretty good accomplishment as well because I don't even know if they're more talented than the teams they're battling with to get the sixth spot. So I just don't know what people are expecting for the Knicks. This is, they are scraping up against the ceiling of what realistic expectations were this year. But it feels like every time there's a doubt, oh, you know, you're not going anywhere with Randall, you got to get a star. Who do you want to get? Do you want to just conjure them up out of the clear, clear blue sky? Somebody's got to be available. There's been one guy that's been available. They didn't make push come to shove and get that guy in Donovan Mitchell. So now they got to wait around again. And it's not a bus schedule. You don't know when the next superstar is coming down the road. Hopefully it's soon. Hopefully they have the pieces. But I don't know. And, and this is not somebody who, oh, you're just, you're just being a Nick, oh, you're a Nick fanboy. I get called a lot of things. Overly optimistic is generally not one of them. I think Leon Rose has generally done a very poor job here. I'm not the biggest Leon Rose fan in the world. He, he messed up the OB pick. I mean, they got three guys on the bench that never play, and he brought them all here, basically. You had the Kemba Walker fiasco. This is not in Leon we trust. And I'm not the hugest Tibbs fan in the world. But again, do you think the Knicks should be better than 6th or 7th in the East? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> what, why would you think that? W what are you basing this on? Because you want it to be? Because they haven't won in a really long time? No. This is, pretty, this is, this is about as good as you can hope for it to be. And here's another thing that might not be, for the optimistic Nick fans, it's not going to make you feel all that great. All of this is killing time. All of this is just killing time until a real superstar gets here. Again, the NBA, it's not that difficult to figure out. Talent wins. This is not the, le this is not the sport for scrappy, gutty teams. This ain't the NCAA tournament where you can win a couple of rounds that way. There's not a single piece on the Knicks roster that's a deal breaker. So this is all just killing time for whenever one of those major pieces becomes available because the Knicks don't, even as great as Randall's playing, what, what would you say? He's a top 30 player maybe? Like how many nights do you look at the Knicks and the team the Knicks are playing and say, you know what, Knicks got a major talent advantage. <laughs> and it could be weeks that go by before I would say that. So I just don't know why there's such this thing. Oh, yeah. Until you get a superstar. Yeah, it doesn't matter until you get a superstar. But in the meantime, can we watch some entertaining basketball? Because in the meantime, if you want to go back to the, like to think that it hasn't greatly improved from where it was just a few years ago, I think it's just silly. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Let's go back to the phones here. And we've got Spike is in St. Pete. Spike, what's going on, pal? Hey, Gordon, good to hear you. Let me uh, share something with this audience because, you know, barring a few exceptions, a few people, you know, listen more than the regular dozen or so, you know, of course, we all feel we contribute something. Uh, and one thing on the football, uh, this always has bothered me with Sports Talk Radio, and we've discussed this on your programs early in the morning, late at night, about negative attracting more than positive. This is just the nature of the world, unfortunately. But uh, my want is, and I've been doing this now for quite a while, after every Nick game, I, I try to get first call in with Larry and Gordon, and we kind of, I'd say, recap and break down the games. Would that be a good explanation? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay. 
So so what happens, and I did this prior when Bill Daughtry was there, and I just enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And you've opened my eyes quite a bit. You've used that expression, scraping the ceiling, for about a month, I'm saying. And uh, and, and the last two games, you were Nostradamus, <laughs> albeit the Knicks could have lost both of those games, too. You know, there's something about the Knicks. Look, this is the what, what it looks like. You just said that. This is what it looks like rebuilding. A step back, two steps forward, learning how to beat teams equal to or lesser than you on your home court, which the Knicks have not been exemplary doing that. Uh, and and the, the running joke with Larry and Gordon and myself is that, uh, okay, it's four minutes to go. Now what's going to happen? Unfortunately, with a team like Randall, who's been playing his ass off, he cannot play better than this. He cannot. However, the other night, uh, two nights ago, was the aberration where Barrett and Randall went to the free throw line with the game on the line. And for the first time I could ever remember, they made all four shots, you know? So stuff that like the Dallas game with Luca, you know, nine points for 32 seconds. This is the pain you have to go through. I'll give Leon credit because he drafted better going back to the Nilakina and uh, yeah, what was the other one? Uh, Frank Nilakina and who's that other stiff he got there? Uh, I don't know, he traded for Moutier, you know, all, all the guys that didn't work out. This freshman and sophomore class looks like it's working out to some extent. You know, quickly doesn't look like a bad player. Other teams want him. Ovi just looks like a bust, but a uh, nice kid, big smile, but he's not a Tibbs player. But well, they, they, screwed up. they screwed up by picking him. I mean, that was the mistake there. I mean, that was his, that's one of the mistakes that Leon Rose made, uh, clearly, uh, was uh, – I mean, Tyrese Halliburton was the one that everybody, you know, Nick fans were all shouting for, but they decided to go with Obi because I think they thought that Randall was not going to be the piece that he turned out being and that Obi would, you know, as a, as a more NBA-ready player. That was a screwed-up pick. They messed that up, and I don't think that there's any way to salvage that now. But uh, And, look, I know everybody's going to kill him for, for not going and getting Donovan Mitchell. I kind of wanted him to get Mitchell at the time. If they had gotten Mitchell, like, are we convinced now that Donovan Mitchell's a superstar player? Like, you look at Donovan Mitchell as one of the top 15 players in the sport, for sure. I, I mean, if the, if the Knicks had gotten Donovan Mitchell, and again, I wanted them to get Donovan Mitchell. They would have been better with Donovan Mitchell. Would they have been one of the top five teams in the conference with Donovan Mitchell? Probably not. So if you're not one of the top five teams in the, in the, in the conference with him, well, then you're still not really expected to win even a playoff series at that point and everything that you would have had to give up to get him. And even with Donovan Mitchell, the Cavs are what, like two games better than the Knicks? And the Cavs are a more talented team than the Knicks. So I get it. Uh, I understand. I, I don't look at Donovan Mitchell. He's played fantastic this year. He's taken his game to a new level, and he did want to be here. There's a lot of good fits there, and that's the reason why I would probably push for the trade. But um, it's not like all of a sudden the Knicks would have gotten Donovan Mitchell and they would have been one of the top four teams in the conference. Sorry. This is kind of what it looks like to build something. Sorry. That's, that's the way it goes. Um, and, and when you say that there's no one single piece that's a deal breaker, oh, well, they, wouldn't want, they didn't want to give up this piece or that. Yes, you can't give up everything for a trade that is going to make you somewhat better. I think that they're looking for something bigger than that. And whether or not they ever get a chance to do that remains to be seen. I'll tell you right now, for, I think that the organization would be content just making the playoffs year in and year out, even if they're not winning playoff series year in and year out. 
Because again, making the playoffs year in and year out is a massive upgrade over where they've been for the last decade. Let's go out to Anthony on Long Island. Anthony, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. Uh, first time, long time. Normally would never call, but uh, when you're speaking about Nick fans, it's like you were speaking to me. I've been so frustrated with the lack of excitement for the team. It's like two years ago we overachieved, and now all of a sudden everyone's like a spoiled. It's like we're Warriors fans. It's right, like there's some long butt. history of success with the Knicks. That it's this ridiculous. you can turn I mean, up your nose. Year at. We overachieved. We had the lowest payroll in the league, which means we had the least talent. This isn't baseball, like so. We overachieved. Now we had 37 wins last year, which probably is our second best season over the last 10, 12 years. And it was like it was the biggest disaster. And and then no, no one's excited this year, and it really just aggravates me. Yeah, and look, Anthony, well, then, I, I mean, go ahead. And then, well, just to, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make it quick because I know you like it quick. But then I hear with the Leon Rose thing, I disagree. I think Leon's been doing a great job. I found it refreshing. Like, I wanted Mitchell, but I found it refreshing for once that we had a GM that was like, oh, I'm not just going to let you bend me over the barrel and take whatever you want. I'm going to stand firm. And I think he's done a great job drafting. I like that he realized he made a mistake with the Burke signing, with the Noel sign. He had no problem dumping them. I think he did a great job flipping that one pick for Brunson and four and three other picks, basically. I'm really excited with the Knicks. I love Brunson. I love Randall. Yeah, look, Anthony, thanks for the phone call. Look, I'm not saying he's done everything poorly, but uh, I don't think he's done a great job. I would disagree with that. Um, the, the great thing that you would say is he brought Brunson here, and Brunson has been exactly what you would want. Uh, I think it was a mistake not to go out and get Mitchell. I would, I would say that. The Cam Reddish deal, that was a mistake. Uh, Latin, not this past offseason, two offseasons ago, was a complete disaster. Uh, in, uh, in, in any other situation, that kind of offseason might have cost you your job. Uh, I mean, between giving Fournier the money you gave him, he's been a disaster. Uh, and, and obviously the Kemba Walker part of that, that was a disaster. So I, I, Obi Toppin pick, that was a mistake. Think about how much further along the Knicks would have been. Now, you wouldn't have gotten Brunson out of it, but think about how much more of a foundation you would have had if you had just taken Halliburton with that pick over Toppin. I mean, that alone would have would have fixed a lot of the, the, the issues that you've had. Now, it's sliding doors. You can't go back and, and, and do it over again, but uh, that would have definitely put you on a different, uh, a different trajectory because then you would have really had, I think, a foundational piece, more so than, you know, Obi Toppin for sure. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Taking you up until 5 o'clock, Knicks-Nets pregame then. But uh, let's get some phone calls in. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Fuat is in the car. Fuat, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Am I pronouncing the name correctly, Fuat? Surprisingly, you are. Yeah, look at Thank that. You. That's a shock for me, too, because I usually butcher things. <laughs> but go ahead, my friend. That, that That's funny. Well, I, I'm, I'm on the way to the game. Uh, my wife got us two tickets for me and my 5-year-old. Um, it's a... Uh, I think it's a really exciting time to be a Knicks fan. Um, yeah, Leon Rose messed a few things up, but I feel like uh, his mistakes um, are a lot more obvious because we're looking for so much talent. If you have a team like the Bucks or the Warriors and they mess up on a free agent signing, it's not as obvious because they're probably someone coming off the bench. You know, ours are really obvious, but with the, with, with the um, uh, picks they made in the draft, I think it kind of balanced out for some of those really bad signings you had uh, pointed out. But how could you not be excited when 
any day you could wake up and say the Knicks have a chance to win today, right? Like, I, I feel like any day you could wake up and it, they could be playing the Bucks, the Grizzlies. Our, our, the odds might be against us, but we have a chance every night, and, and I think that's an exciting thing uh, to, uh, to be a Knicks fan right now. Well, I think, Fuat, that, that uh, Randall said it perfectly, and thanks for the phone call uh, the other night. We, they, they can beat anybody. They can lose to anybody. And they can, do, and they can show you that within individual games, uh, that there'll be times where it looks like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to win this game, and then they, they blow things in the fourth quarter. And I get it. It's frustrating because you would, with the amount of time that you've been waiting for things to be really good, uh, I could understand there being an expectation of, come on, I'm, I'm waiting forever here. I mean, at least the trajectory of where they've been, it's so much better. Again, I gave you the years. They, they were lo- Three years ago, they were losing 65 games, 55 games, 52 games. Now, again, I expect this year for there to be some regression. I, I don't think that they're going to finish six. I think that they are going to be part of the play-in. But again, with where they're at, like what? take a look at the roster. What, what, what would you expect them to be? How much better do you expect them to be than what they are right now? Because if you're not happy now, I'm, I, I have a feeling you're not going to be happy later because there's a far greater chance of them dropping back than going up the standings and being one of the top five teams, that's for sure. Let's go out to Columns in the Bronx. Column, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Oh, uh, What's going on, Gordon? I was going to get into the Giants, but you've been talking so much, Nick. I just want to make two quick Nick points. Sure. It's unfortunate that the Knicks are in a very, very, very tough Eastern Conference. For the last 20 years, it's always been the West. But if the Knicks were in the East right now, they'd be the fourth. So this, this team is a little bit above average, in my opinion. And right now, the Knicks are probably going to have two all-stars. So I don't know where the complaints are. You're not going to just magically get a star. You just got to be patient. My whole life as a Knicks fan I've seen 20 years of mediocrity, so I would like to have some consistency of being a good team for a little while, and then maybe something pops off in a perfect scenario. Don't try to rush and grab something, because it'll just be Carmelo Anthony all over again. You could be good for a year, and then you're going to put set your franchise back. But with the, with the Giants, you mentioned, obviously, I agree with you that Saquon Barkley is the fourth option of those three big players that you need to sign. And hopefully they can get him for a decent number and maybe a short-term two-, three-year deal or something like that. I don't think that's feasible. I think he wants something along the lines of big money, and I would let him go. I think it would be a smart decision if he's looking for Christian McCaffrey money. you got to let him go. If someone's going to be out there to pay him, you got to let him go. And with Daniel Jones, I would like to see him, this is just like an example, because I can't really see another thing, something like a Kirk Cousins type deal where it's three years, some, somewhere around $35, $36 million with incentives, maybe a, the last year is an option or something like that. And I think that's doable. I think, I think both the organization and Daniel Jones realize that if you leave somewhere, this is the best situation you can for him. And if you get a if you get a good deal of short term, you can make big money after that if if things work out well and continue to work out well with Dayball and Jones, because it looks like the it looks like it's all going to be trending upward. Uh yeah. I mean, look, you would think, and thanks for the phone call, Colm, uh, that the the talent, like upgrading the talent and upgrading the the weapons on offense, that should be 
uh, fairly easy to do, right? If you're if you're saying this year, like you like the way some of the guys played, but you know, finding a, a reliable wide receiver or or upgrading the tight end position, all those things should be doable. So you would think that that will eventually pay off with the quarterback as well, and a second year in the same system with the system that he's had success. So that should be trending in the right direction. But I mean, every year the teams that make the playoffs, every fan base feels that way, right? Like, I don't know who was the seven seed or the, the last seed to make the playoffs a year ago, but I'm sure they probably thought, Oh yes, things are trending up in the right direction. And, and unfortunately those spots generally turn over a lot of times. So uh, I, I, I could agree with that. And then the thing on, on Saquon. Yeah. I mean, look, um, if you were a piece away, then I could understand bringing him back. And if he's already, t- if the report is true that he turned down $12 million during the season and he wants more than that, uh, I don't see how that makes financial sense for the Giants who still have to pay a bunch of their players and they're still in the process of rebuilding, even after making the playoffs, even after winning a playoff game. And I get it. He wants to cash in because, unlike the quarterback, this is his one chance to cash in and it's very hard to cash in. So he should probably be going for the most amount of money that's out there. But um, I just don't see how it makes financial sense for the Giants who are still in the process of building this thing up to be sinking a bunch of money into the running back when they're already going to be spending a lot of money on the quarterback. If the quarterback was on a rookie deal, maybe, but that's not going to be the case. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. in the car be careful but otherwise you might even want to close your eyes so you can really imagine this in your mind's eye and it is it's the final week of 98.7 espn super box bonanza 2023 with over ten thousand dollars in cash and prizes remaining you can still score great prizes including fanatics gift cards uh, you have jbl speakers so much more plus the big game payout 500 bucks for the first quarter 500 bucks for the third quarter, $1,000 at halftime, and then, of course, the grand prize. The final score, a trip to Resorts World Bimini in the Bahamas, plus two grand in cash. Get your boxes by listening weekdays, 7 a.m., 9 a.m., 12 noon, 3 p.m., 5 p.m., throughout the day, people. And you uh, listen through uh, February 3rd, beyond February 3rd, but for this, till, until February 3rd. For full contest details, if you're one of those sticklers who likes those kind of things, go to ESPN New York. Dot com today. Now, Jacob, um, this show is shortened today. So does that mean you are getting off the hook for what I learned on TikTok? Oh, absolutely. It looks You're like off it. the hook this week. All right. I mean, it looks like it to me. I mean, if you want to bust it out. And like- right. I still have so many other things to get to. Usually we do that when we have a little time to kind of to, to, to ruminate in it. But um, I don't know that we have the time today. We'll see. Maybe the final segment I can humble you uh, with uh, another one of those. I mean, I would like to think the battle of the Burroughs for uh, almost saving my uh, butt. Right. right Nick's Nets. Oh, yeah. It's huge. <laughs> Hard to believe that uh, Ben Simmons is not going to be there. It's shocking. Shocking. Uh, I did want to have some uh, get some Yankee thoughts in uh, today because, you know, don't look now, but it's under a month until the first spring training game, until the, the warm Florida sun, until you hear the crack of the bat and the, the roar of the crowd, and until you get to uh, witness the Mets spring training, Yankee spring training, specifically the Yankee spring training, and until you get to hear the, uh, the lineup for games and you, you get to hear starting in left field for the New York Yankees, Aaron Hicks. Yeah, that'll sap the enthusiasm some. 
And Brian Cashman had some comments this week. I think it was to uh, MLB.com. I'm not sure who he gave them to, but uh, it's not really important who he gave them to as much as, as what he had to say. Who was it to, Jacob? I think it was on SiriusXM with Sirius the MLB. XM. All right, whoever it was. We will uh, proper credit to them. They know within their hearts who it was. Uh, but he had to say about uh, the left fielder and that it was likely going to be Aaron Hicks. Quote, I suspect he will be the only guy that emerges because he is still really talented and everything is there. Hopefully we can get the Aaron Hicks we know is in there back as a consistent player for us. Uh, that's that's might might be more, more nauseating than the uh, vegan cheesecake that we were talking about earlier. Uh, look, it's not a surprise. You can be upset about it. You can be frustrated about it. You can pull your hair out, but you can't be surprised because this is the way it's been going. For all the talk of, oh, no, we're still looking to add. We, we're still looking at pieces. We're still. This is the guy that they're going with. They're still relying on this. A guy who has put up back-to-back terrible, not mediocre, not average, not an area for improvement, back-to-back terrible seasons. A guy who will be 33, a guy who can't stay healthy, a guy who's not had a good full season, right? Like take 2020 out because he played like 50 games. Yeah, he can play 50 games. But if you're, you're counting on him for a full season, has not had a good full season since 2018. A guy who was only on the postseason roster last year because of injuries. A guy who was pulled from a game during an inning by Aaron Boone who's like the most player-friendly manager maybe in any sport. And what was the number one thing the Yankees had to address this offseason? It was the offense. An offense that gets the postseason and, and, and just does nothing. An offense that last year against the Astros was embarrassing. It was embarrassing, the performance they put up last year. They hit 162 in the series. Now, I get it. The sample, it's not a large sample size because it was a series and a series that was over in the blink of an eye. It was a series where they slugged 270. So, you might ask, with a month to go before spring training, well, what have the Yankees done to improve the offense? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Josh Donaldson's still going to be at third base. They bring back IKF. Aaron Hicks is still the starter. I mean, this after a, a season last year, where you take a look at the moves that were made by Brian Cash, they were horrendous. That Donaldson IKF trade, that is going to go down as one of the worst trades he's ever made, and he's been the GM for 25 years. I mean, Donaldson's traditional stats were terrible. His new age stats were brutal. The eye test, much like that vegan cheesecake, would make you nauseous. So as a Yankee fan, you got to kind of hope that Peraza and Cabrera are, are significant pieces on this team because that's the only improvement that you're going to get. All the other guys are still here, and this idea, well, oh, you know, maybe Anthony Volpe is going to start the season. No, I'll tell you right now, there's no shot of him starting the season in the majors. None. They have so many guys in the middle infield as it is. They're going to run through all those options before they, they try to do anything. And, and I could have told you this. When they re-signed Judge, which they had to do, and they went out and got Radon, the, the money was gone. That, that was the money they had to spend this offseason. So if you were looking for some improvements in the offense, you're out of luck. You're out of luck. So, and it felt like last offseason, the moves that were made last offseason basically were covered up by the fact that Aaron Judge had this historic season, this once-in-a-lifetime kind of season, and you're hoping for, expect another big season for marriage. I don't know if he's going to hit as many home runs and do, you know, be the American League MVP again and basically be the best player in the sport again. 
But uh, the the offense, which was the number one thing, is always the number one thing, and it has not been improved upon at all. Uh, so those those comments, they can make you upset. They can frustrate you as a Yankee fan. It cannot come as a surprise because if you're paying attention, you knew once they made the moves that they made, that's where they're going to stand. They'll wait until they get into the season. They'll look around and see what's available, and maybe they'll find an improvement here or there. And hopefully Cabrera can be out there, but he's going to be a lot of different places. I think they're going to use him as a utility guy. So you're going to see a lot of Aaron Hicks. Yeah. Who's, who's excited? Raise your hand if you're excited for that. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Kermit in the car. Kermit, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? Hey, Kermit. What's going on, man? Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, thanks a lot for taking my phone call. Um, so basically, the reason I was calling is uh, to touch on the quarterback situation with the Jets and the Giants. Okay. Um, the Giants, I think um, if they're smart, obviously, they take Jones three, four years, but if he's smart, he takes the biggest deal you could get because there's nothing guaranteed, nothing guaranteed that he's going to get another contract afterwards. You know, a lot of people keep saying, you know, get a, 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 a team-friendly deal. But, you know, it's not guaranteed because he could get hurt, and then there goes his career. So if he's smart, he takes the most he could get. As far as the Jets, they should stop with this whole Aaron Rodgers He's 39 Stop. years old. They haven't even started. I mean, it barely started, Kermit. Come on. I'm meaning, I'm meaning the Jets fans. I'm sorry. Okay. Because he's 39. He's a head case. He's, we don't even know what he has left. Because last year he was bad. They're putting it on a thumb injury. But it could be age. Not everybody is, you know, Tom Brady. He's the outlier. So yep. we don't know if he's going to be good, you know, next year. He, he could, he, he's probably on his way down already. Their best bet is try to trade for Lamar Jackson. I know he's a running quarterback, but at the same time, he's never really had a number one receiver to really throw to. So give him a shot, and he's also 29 years old, and he's cheaper than Aaron Rodgers. What do you think? Uh, well, he's not going to be cheaper than Aaron Rodgers. Uh, thanks for the phone call. I mean, he's going to be – you're going to have to pay in draft pay. The, the, I don't think the Ravens are just going to let him go for nothing. Uh, they do have the ability to franchise him if they want, so you're going to have to – uh, something's going to have to be worked out there. And, and the contract itself, it's going to be top of the market. Uh, as much as Aaron Rodgers is a big deal, it's, it's basically two years. Whereas if you're – there's no halfwaying it with, with somebody who I don't believe is going to be available. I need to see something that shows me that Lamar Jackson is going to be available before that's my option number one. I mean, that feels much more like a pipe dream. Of the guys who are available, tell me who's better than Aaron Rodgers. And I get it. Uh, there, there are flaws, no question. If there were not flaws, he would not be available. If he were 30, when he was 35, he was not available for a reason, right? So the fact that he's 39, I get it. But, you know, between Brady, uh, Peyton Manning was able to have that second act as well, won a Super Bowl after uh, leaving the Colts. So uh, I, I get it. There are flaws to it, but it does feel like there's um, some options there as well. Um, let's go to RJ's in Smithtown. RJ. Next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm good, RJ. What's going on, man? Nothing. Um, I know you were talking about the whole Aaron Hicks thing and everything, but, like, I don't understand why they won't consider Cabrera as the everyday left fielder. He seemed solid throughout the season, well, towards the end of the season when he was out there. I know there was the Swiss Army knife thing and everything with him. I know he can play pretty much everywhere, but... 
like, is it all financial? Is that the only reason why well, they, Aaron they, they Hicks is even Hicks. being considered? Yeah, I mean, they have Hicks. He's signed. He's here. Uh, so they're going to continue to see if, if they can get some sort of spark from him uh, because nobody's taking him, right? Like, you can, you can say he's available and see interest around. Nobody's going to take If somebody were willing to take Aaron Hicks, he'd be gone by now. Uh, but no, nobody's going to be taking that contract because the guy's always hurt. And it's pretty clear he's, he's in the decline phase of his career. Now, uh, and RJ, thanks for the phone call. I do think that Cabrera will play uh, unless he just has, like, some sort of brutal spring training or something like that. I think that they envision him playing a lot of different positions. But uh, between the guys that they already have, DJ LeMahieu being back, that's another guy who's going to um, factor in here as well. So I think he's going to get to play some third base and some second base. Uh, we'll see how the, the shift rules impact things at second base. Shortstop, I think it, it's possible Cabrera gets some run there as well. So he's going to play, but in terms of if you're a Yankee fan looking for improvement on the offense, you've got to hope that Peraza takes that shortstop's role and really runs with it and that Cabrera gets some run in left field. Because if the options are, at this point for me, you could put it, it, it could almost be like the old um, – Chris Farley routine with, with Ditka, where they always pick Ditka. Whoever you give me as the option as opposed to Aaron Hicks, I'm picking that one, even Ditka. Uh, all right, Richard in Manhattan. Richard, go, my friend. Gordon, another mistake by Leon Rose, signing Mitchell Robinson to a long-term contract. Not because yeah, of the ability. The guy gets hurt all the he time. He does get hurt a lot. But when he, I mean, he has had an impact for them. He has played, like when he's healthy, the contract you gave him, uh, I don't think it was a bad contract, but you're right. He does get hurt a lot. He gets hurt all the time. You knew that going in. Uh, I don't. If I'm listing the mistakes, that one's not high up because the other ones are just so glaring. You know, they won the other. That was one of the most exciting games I've seen in a long time. Thursday night, unlikely win. I thought Boston would come back and win, but you know they won because of two guys that he hung on to instead of giving them up for Donovan Mitchell. Quickly had a great game, great game, and that's why they won the game. Him coming off the bench, he was solid. And thank God they kept Sims. You know, if you didn't have Sims every time that uh, Robinson gets hurt, boy, you'd really be in trouble because you'd have to put more minutes on Hartenstein. And that yeah. guy can't handle more no, than 20 he's, minutes. He's, he's, so he's thank God they got Sims. That guy is, and he doesn't shoot, which is good, gives everyone else their shots, and he rebounds. He got every important rebound in that game, if you remember. He was fantastic. So that was a good. Those were good moves by Rose. So you got to balance everything out. But I agree with you. I don't know how the Knicks are favored tonight. I really don't. I mean, Simmons isn't playing, which may be a plus for the Nets. I don't know. But all I got is Kyrie. How can how can Kyrie lose or win against Randall? Well, Claxton's really against... good too. The, the Nets have some pieces. And, and yeah, Richard, but the Knicks, you know, and Barrett. So, but uh, look, I, I agree with you. I don't know how the Knicks are favored tonight, but uh, and especially the fact that I've been talking him up today means for sure. Like anytime you start to get excited as a Knicks fan, that's when it all uh, it all falls apart for sure. Um, but um, we'll see. Let's let's hope they can make it three in a row. The thing with the Knicks, and I get it, fans will say, you know, every time I start to get excited, they fall down. And that's true. But every time you start to write them off, they seem to respond somehow. So uh, let's hope that that's the case and it keeps going tonight. A couple other things. We've got to make the picks, right? The, the home of the Cover 5 champion. We've not even made the picks yet. I'm going to take the Eagles minus the two and a half. I just have a heart. What it really comes down to for me is is Brock Purdy. I have a hard time believing, as great as he's been, that he's going to go into Philly against that pass rush and continue to do what he does. 
I get it. He's been amazing. I've kept doubting him. He's kept proving me wrong. And I am a little worried about Jalen Hurts going up against their pass rush, but I think that maybe he's able to take advantage of the one weakness of the Niners secondary, which is their corners. So I'm going to take the, um, the Eagles there. The other game feels like a complete toss-up to me. It feels like people are just getting a little too high on the Bengals. But, uh, so I'm going to take the Chiefs there minus the one point and, and ride with the Chiefs and ride with Mahomes because I hate any time I go against the Chiefs and then I'm sitting in my couch and I feel like an idiot for going against the, 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 the best quarterback. And it, I think there's a little bit of pressure on the Chiefs to win this game. Despite the ankle injury, they're at home. They lost to the Bengals last year. It's not very often the Chiefs have the pressure. Oh, you, you cannot let down here. But they, I think they have to find a way to win this game. They can't allow Kansas, uh, can't allow uh, Cincinnati to walk in there again and uh, come away with another win. That's uh, so. I'm going to take the Chiefs. All four games, uh, all four teams. You could feel. I mean, this is as good a conference championship weekend as you're going to have because you could see any of these four teams going to the Super Bowl and winning the Super Bowl. But those are the picks of the 2022 Cover Five host champion Gordon Damer. I'm taking the Eagles minus the points, and I'm taking the Chiefs minus the one. All right, that's going to do it for today. We've already run out of time. It's amazing. Jacob, you got off the hook for today with what I learned on TikTok. And I'll tell you right now, that all that means is that next week, I think we have a more normal show next week. Be prepared. That's all I can tell you. Oh, man, I'll be studying. Yeah, you have to, you have to get on that TikTok app and start learning some things. It's amazing what you can learn on that TikTok app. It's not always the things you want to learn. Trust me, we learned about what goes into vegan cheesecake today. I didn't want to learn that. I'm trying to erase that from my memory as soon as possible. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.